Good morning. Friday, December 10th. I'm ready to go. I hope you're ready to go. Our phone call Friday is brought to you by me calling Paul again. Let's go. Everywhere I go, the people really want to know who I is and who I be. They stop and stare when they see me. If I said it once, no need to repeat. Run up on me, watch your I think I, I think I had the music a little bit louder this morning because I needed that bounce. I needed Dude, that I bounce. Need, I need the bounce. And, <laughs> Tell them about I, it, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I need the bounce. So it's been a heck of a week, but it's so good to make it through a week where you can always look up, look back and be like, I got a lot done this week. And that's how I feel on Friday, even though like you hear it in my voice because I'm in Miami right now at the NAMAD um, annual membership meeting. And let me just tell you something about the NAMAD community. Like I thought I knew they were tight until I showed up at this conference. And let me just tell you, this is a family and I'm not talking about a small family, but we had this dinner outside last night on the lawn here at the Fountain Blue in Miami, and it was massive. And it was just like a gigantic family reunion. And it was dealers and OEMs and vendors all just just being in community together, trying to make the, their businesses better, trying to plan the future of the industry. And you can't hear my voice because the after party had Lil John, and I've never heard bass so loud in my entire life. Well, this is what I love is is like the after party had Little John. We could stop there because when's the last digital dealer or NADA where it was like someone brought up Little John to DJ the after party, right? So I love that. that but I, I said to you early and you kind of mentioned it, the, you know, the reality that in, you know, obviously it's not a conference the size of NADA. It's, it's much different than, you know, a PASH conference or a digital dealer or something like that. But you get the this access to OEMs, and I heard a, you know a lot of dealer meetings happening, and just rubbing shoulders with OEM reps in you know a smaller place than like an NADA, where you know all the OEMs are there, right? Well, wait, let me let me blow your mind. I didn't tell you about this. So this morning, right now, as we speak, they have two hundred interview meetings set up with OEMs and potential dealers. And, you know, people that are at dealerships right now, just so the OEMs can get to know the up and coming members. I love that, especially because 200. we've been, to, I mean, on Clubhouse, on on the Wednesday rooms that, that Damon, uh, the, pres the president of NAMAD, leads on, on Clubhouse that uh, we have, we've been talking so much about, like, the OEMs needing to recognize the up and comers that are coming into potential ownership or moving through the sales management uh, or currently owners that are wanting to acquire more stores, either in blue sky or, or failing stores. And so for that connection to be made on the last day of a conference, that's really cool to kind of see some of that stuff come full circle. And hopefully there's a lot of production out of it. It is. So I, I just want to take a moment, uh, not a sponsored post, but I want to plug name at, if you're not a member, if you're a vendor or if you're a dealer, um, you should join because they want to really stress. It's not just for minority auto dealers. Right there is this massive diversity at this at this meeting, and they are just so welcoming to all thoughts and all minds, and they understand too. Like they're everybody's playing the same game. We're gonna do it better when we do it together. And so, mm -hmm. if you haven't checked out Named, it is just worth your time. So, shameless plug. Shout out to Damon Lester. You Bunch know, of real troublemakers over there. Resident trouble. Oh man, troublemakers over here. Like you won't believe. And Damon Lester's kind of like the ringleader. He's the master troublemaker. I watched him in his element. He was in like a black suit and red sparkly sneakers last night. 
but <laughs> I love but it. But it was like he was the best master of ceremonies I've ever seen. And you know, Damon, he's cool, calm, and collected. You never really see him like look nervous or he he's just new new level of respect for Damon Lester yesterday. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, we want to get to a little bit of industry news and uh, an article that actually came out uh, just a little bit ago. Uh, of an interview that Automotive News did with Lithia's CEO Brian DeBoer, and mm. um, and I I was when I read this article it was passed on to me uh, actually by Bob Lanham, uh, head of automotive for Meta. There it is. I said it. <laughs> it's it's you know what it's. I think I think it's just it's accepted now. I think we're good. We just. You know, sometimes you just accept the world the way it is. There it is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it was passed on to me, and I was super excited to read it because I've been kind of saying over the last six months that um, Lithia with Driveway, Asbury with ClickLane, uh, you know, Group One um, and Penske with their like gl- like national brands that they're bringing to market that are that are primarily digital transaction, and Lithia is pushing forward with Driveway, um, but there was. Just I, I I've been kind of like pushing like that's the that's the thing that they're seeing as this as a necessity to sustainability to growth and some of the stats that were present in this automotive news article were quite were were pretty wild. Listen listen to this real quick. It was noted that nearly ninety eight percent of driveway customers, which is Lithia's online retailing platform, had never done business with Lithia before. Yo, 98%. That's 98%. Think about the market share they're gaining with that play, right? That's unbelievable. That's like every customer practically that walked through the door was a conquest. Is a conquest customer. Oh my goodness. Which when you pair that with our average car is getting shipped over 930 miles, that's why. Because they're no longer bound to their location or their locations, right? You know, it's so, so let's talk about why they were able to do this. Number one, logistics, right? right? They figured out how to deliver a car and do it well over distance and move their inventory around. But another reason is that they've made it really easy on the front end. Yeah. They, they built a brand around it. They built the interface around it. I haven't gone through the driveway experience yet. Have you? Uh, I've gone through a portion of it. Uh, yeah, but it's, it, it is, it's really easy. You know, they built out the used car side. They're building out the new car side right now. I haven't seen if it's, if it's fully live, it was kind of based on a dealer inspired platform before, but, um, yeah, they're just kind of custom building it based on the way a customer wants to engage and interact. And then they fulfill the promise. And, uh, what, what I love about it and I'll, I'll drop the last stat, but their goal is to have, the ability to deliver and service uh, vehicles within any 100-mile radius. So they they get the digital piece, right? But then they're going to back into their acquisition strategy of stores and service centers in order to be able to actually take care of these customers so they're not having a customer 930 miles away that potentially can't get you know, a, a great long-term experience. Right, because then they're in the same position that Carvana's in, right? We exactly. have to send you somewhere else for service, and if that's a dealership, you know, they're going to try to poach, right? They have enough, they have an at bat to, to win you over. Yeah. 
So I was, uh, so I had to, I had to, right after that, I was like, okay, there's got to be a map of Lithia dealers right now. So, <laughs> so I went on, uh, I went on Lithia's website, not their driveway website, but Lithia's website and just went to their map of their locations. And I was like, oh man, I know where they're going. I'm telling you what, next year they're buying dealerships in North and South Carolina and then the central U.S., like St. Louis. I'm just telling you, just you watch the, out. See, oh, I can see where it. they're going. They, they've, got, the they, they've got the, it's just like clear space that they need, that they need locations at so that they can reduce that 930 mile shipping. But this is a, so, so this is what's interesting to me is that when you think about, you know, being a franchise dealer in maybe a smaller group or a single rooftop, and competing with that type of energy, especially like if you go to their location map and realize that they've saturated your market, right? You yep. kind of, you're in this place where table stakes are a lot different than they were before from oh a gosh, yes. from a value proposition. Right, you don't just have to open open the door, you have to like come full force to even compete. Right, to get your to get your name on the board, right? One from an inventory perspective, but also from a delivery perspective or an online retailing. So, you know, it's it's not just the Carvanas and the CarMaxes and those of the world that are doing this. These larger auto groups are pressing in to especially these major metros and almost forcing all franchise dealerships to really take a hard look at their digital ecosystem. You know, I've seen it, it's easy if you're a smaller dealership to, to look at a larger group like that and say, well, they have that kind of leverage. They have that kind of reach. I don't have that. Mm. But I'll tell you what, I can give you several examples of single point dealerships, small groups who have built out used car brands and delivery models that, okay, so you don't have to ship your car 900 miles. But what if you were just able to go 100 miles? Let's just say 100. Right, I know that's that's a, a big stretch for a, a lot of people right now, as far as what your delivery radius might, radius might be. But if you can do it well within a hundred miles, guess what? There's a lot of customers there. There's a lot of customers that you don't have, and so I don't. I don't think this is an unattainable model for anybody. I don't think it is. I either. think yeah. No, I think I think it's just look. Obviously, it's it's a big play, and a lot has gone behind it. But I mean, there's still plenty of opportunity, and it really comes back to stuff that we talk about all the time, which is make it easy for the customer. Just focus on making it easy for them. Focus on actually delivering on what your promise is. And guess what? Like the conquest is there. It's just a little bit outside your DMA. Right. Yeah. It's and and honestly, it's it's not even so much about the conquest. It's interesting that Lithia has figured out the conquest piece, but it's really about taking care of the customers that you already have in a way that they don't that they don't ever want to leave for any other brand or vehicle purchasing process because you've gone ahead and done the things that are necessary to take care of them at the local level. And I think that's what the single rooftop or the small groups have actually a distinct advantage over, you know, a Lithia or an Asbury or anything or, or a Carvana or a CarMax is the community local play um, and, and an engagement that really allows your brand to stand out locally. Yeah. And the same, the same defense you know, or offense, however you want to look at it, is it play, whether it's, you know, Lithia is in your market now selling cars or Carvana or whatever. The play is this, be the mayor of your community. Like keep it as tight as you can be, leverage every relationship that you can. Like it's, it's like old school business development, the coffee shops and the hair salons and all the places where you could actually leverage um, 
time and attention, leverage your marketing team to help them out with their marketing. I know that might sound like a crazy concept, but if you have, if I'll say this, if you have in-house video creation, you absolutely should be going to local businesses and making video content for them because it's very hard for them too. And I know we're taking a little tangent here, but talk about an amazing value add that you can go and build some relationship and how many thousands of people move through coffee shops and hair salons every single day in your communities. Yes. And and talk about what, the the fact that they're getting a new car, or they want a new car, or they, you know, I oh mean they're gosh. talking to their barista and they're talking to their, their their barber and they're telling them. And so if you're the if you're the mayor, then then you become the the easy next step for that conversation to happen, right? We actually Absolutely. we talked about this, we touched on this yesterday with the fleet delivery and GM seeing that the dealer is the best possible place. Um but then you know, you've got, uh, like, if you take that and move it into the rest of your organization, understanding that the community aspect of your business is the thing that will keep it in business, that's a big deal. So It really is. Yeah. It really is. I don't know, Kyle, how much time do we have left? I we don't got, have the clock in front of me today. We, we got two minutes. So speaking of creating a new community. Stop. <laughs> I had to get at least one in by the end of our, by the end of our podcast. So, well played. Well played. Up in New York, your area of the world. Oh, yes. The little town called Buffalo. (laughs) Buffalo, to be exact. Starbucks employees, your your great baristas and and, uh, all the people that that serve you coffee around the country in Buffalo have uh, voted yes for unionizing in a franchise coffee shop. Quite an interesting Mm. play, I think. I mean, gosh, it's... this is one of those situations where like a little small spark could cause a big change or transition. And I don't know if that's going to be a good change or a bad change for Starbucks or for the customer or for the worker. But I mean, we're talking about something that represents fewer than a hundred of Starbucks, thousands and thousands and thousands of employees and baristas across the country. Right. But so, so they voted to unionize. I, it doesn't surprise me that it happened in Buffalo, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, and the reality is, like you said, it's a small sector, but it's all of those things that kind of set a precedent for next. And yes, no, that's what I'm saying. It is like a spark. You're like, that could easily turn into a little flame, could easily turn into a forest fire. Right. Yeah. So uh, take a look at your Starbucks near you or your coffee shop near you, and uh, may, you might see some uh, some kind of new engagement with the, the franchise ownership. But quite an interesting story out of Buffalo, New York. That's really all the time that we have for today. We got you a little news inside and outside of automotive. Hopefully you got some encouragement today uh, about what it looks like to press into your local community. Go into your community, make a difference. That is the power that we have as franchise retail automotive to really stay deeply entrenched in the American culture. Let's go. Everywhere I go, the people really want to know who I is and who I be. They stop and stare when they see me. If it's said it once, no need to repeat. Run up on me, watch you fall to your knees.